So the thing that's really cool about podcasting, and I'm sure you'll agree with me here, is the fact that we get to listen to inspiring stories of women from all around the world, all different backgrounds, things that we probably wouldn't have had access to in quite the volume 10, 15, let's say at least 20 years ago. It's quite extraordinary and I think the fact that I get to have these conversations with these incredible women, these creative business owners, my husband will laugh and say, you just love having conversations with people. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do. I really love chatting to these women. And sometimes I don't know these women at all from more than just Instagram and their website. And the fact that we get to dive in deep to their story and the things that inspire them, what made them choose the direction that they've taken with their business, and just the fact that they're out there having a red hot go. I really get lit up by that. I'm not sure about you, but if you do, then you're going to love this week's guest. The other thing I guess I love is that people who I invite onto the show, I admire them personally, but the big reason why I admire them is because they've chosen their path to bring their life more in line with their values. And one of the values that I see for this week's guest is that she loves freedom and she loves to travel. And so at the time of recording this episode, and I know that she's still living there, she's she was living in Mexico, of all places. Pretty cool. And she's not from Mexico. She's from the US. And despite, I think, the uncertain nature of this past year, she's really leaned into these values. And I really admire you for that, Molly Ho. So yes, my guest this week is Molly Ho. She is a digital product and course coach, strategist, designer, and educator. She helps her clients and customers from beginning to end, from that first stage of validating your product idea to knowing how to market it and then sell it and get the dollars in your bank account. Love that. She has a podcast as well called Keep Getting Better and a digital product membership called Keep Getting Paid. Because I know there is a fair chunk of this audience that have probably heard about digital products, maybe they've experimented a little bit, maybe they're thinking, oh, what, what is a digital product? That sounds like a really broad term, I have no idea. Well, what I thought would be cool is if we started right from the beginning and through this episode, I asked Molly some questions that to her probably sound really obvious and really simple, but we go right back to basics. So if you're someone that wants to think about introducing digital products into your business as a way of generating some cash flow, then I suggest you dive in and listen to this episode. We also bust some myths as well because... I think that the fact we have the internet is incredible, but it's also brought with it this whole narrative around entrepreneurship and making money in your sleep and laptop lifestyle and all of these things that 
kind of sounds a little elusive. And so I asked Molly about this. I'm like, is this a real thing? How did that go for you? And she's really honest about her journey, which is cool because I think we need more of that to bring the reality into this world of entrepreneurship and small business, but also at the same time, give you some hope that it is totally possible to create some positive uh, cash flow that can help support you maybe with your other offerings, or you just want to dive into digital products 100% and that's your thing. So after listening to today's episode, if you're interested in getting stuck into digital products, Molly has given me the link for a freebie that she has. So you can get your hands on that in the show notes and start brainstorming some ideas around this. Okay, let's get into episode 98. We're two off 100, can you believe it, of the True To You podcast with Molly Ho. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome, Molly, to the True to You podcast. It's great to be here with you today. Thanks, Ruby, for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us where in the world you are, because you're somewhere very exotic right now. Um, I am in Playa del Carmen in Mexico. Amazing. Amazing. But you're not from Mexico originally. Is that right? Yes, I am originally from California. Amazing. Cool. Cool. And so how did you get to be in, in Mexico right now? Because reason I ask is I, I was chatting to Molly before and saying, I'm so excited to talk to you because the fact that you're in Mexico and some people are, are traveling right now is very exciting for us here in Australia. So how did you end up there in Mexico? I always, well, not always, but a few years ago, I wanted to live by the water. Um, well, I guess a few years ago, first I wanted to travel and then eventually I realized I really wanted to live by the ocean. And so I was living in Vegas for a year and a half before this. And once my apartment lease ended, I knew that I wanted to go somewhere by the ocean. So at first I was thinking about going to Bali and then I ended up in Playa. So I had met someone in 2019 in Spain and we were like in a co-working co-living space and she moved to Playa. So then I was like, oh, um, so that's kind of how I ended up here. Do you speak Spanish? No. No. <laughs> are you, are you learning? Are you learning on the go as you, every day? Un poquito. <laughs> Not a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't know much Spanish either. I left that to my husband when we traveled through Central America. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely, although living there for a period of time definitely helps with learning the language. I'm not sure if you're if they speak a lot of English where you are, but 
They do. They do. Oh. They do. <laughs> so you have a little help. You have a little help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So you're in Mexico right now and you're someone that focuses on helping coaches and creatives bring digital products into their business. Now, this sounds like a whole nother world for a lot of the people listening to this. What is in digital products? That sounds a bit scary technology wise, all of those things. And I'm sure you're really able to support people on that side too. But how did you get to being the master of digital products and helping to teach people how to create them for their business? Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, a few years ago, I really wanted to go travel. And to be honest, I started creating digital products because I was having a really hard time selling my services. And I think there was one night when I don't know, I don't remember how this idea came to me. But then I remember thinking, what if I created things that people could use? And I sold them on creative market. And so that's kind of how it all started. I remember creating like two marketing templates that photographers can use. And then I listed them. And in like two weeks, I told my friend, I'm like, I don't think this is going to work out. And she's like, Molly, it's only been two weeks. I think you need to give it more time. Um, luckily, like once you list it on there, I, you, you know, you don't really take it off. And so I just kept it on there. I was like going about my life. And then one day I checked my email. I was like, oh my gosh, I made a sale. And then I think a few days or like maybe a week passed and then I made my second sale. And I think seeing those two sales come in made me realize like, wow, out of all of the designs that were already out there, someone would still buy mine. And then I think that's when it really started my journey. Um, yeah. So you really you really did it as a way of as potentially way to travel yeah to travel <laughs> yeah. and generate some income mm-hmm. without you having to be in a fixed location because if we work for someone else generally except for the last year but typically we're we're going to an office or we're going to some sort of location and so what were you doing with your, your services were around marketing? Is that correct? That you, you're- yeah, so mm-hmm. I was helping, I was offering like Pinterest marketing and graphic design. And, um, I did get a few branding projects, but then once I realized I wanted to go travel, I was like, oh, I don't want to travel and have a fixed schedule too. So I was doing a few more projects before I decided to, you know, travel abroad. So I tried taking on like as many projects on as possible, saving up so that once I did travel, um, my goal was to make enough to cover the travel expenses. And then I was willing to dip into my savings a little bit. So that was kind of my plan. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's it's so great that you thought of something that was going to bring you income while you were traveling, because I think a lot of us try to set up our businesses if we're service-based businesses to do it while we're traveling but this gave you an opportunity to do something that meant that you could create it once and then keep selling it and promoting it and the most part for you was promoting and marketing it and you might not have even had to do a huge amount of that so I guess I'm interested to know you have sold around 1500 digital products in your time is that how how long what time frame are we looking at for those 1500 products 
Yeah, so I went traveling, I think. Oh, I went traveling in March of 2019. So I think I started selling them in June of 2018. Yeah. Yep. So about about just over three years and you've done 1,500 digital products. Wow. That's cool. So (laughs) you mentioned the, the marketing templates What's what's one of the biggest things that you have learned over that time? Have you just sold the one type of product, the templates, or have you tried lots of different templates or different dipped into different types of digital products? Tell me a little bit about the the process and the evolution and what you've learned from that. Yeah, so when I first started after creating those templates for photographers, I wanted to create like general um, templates for business owners online, but then I found that that didn't work as well because there was like more competition or more people selling those templates as well. And so it was harder to rank for SEO. And then I realized, oh, it's better if I just have one target market instead of like trying to, and it was harder to write the descriptions as well, because then you had to fill in so many things, whereas if you just put photographers, you know, um, you can do, it's easier to be found by photographers. And so that was like one thing that I learned, but then along the way in the past few years, I've also learned that for my personality type and the way that I like to live and work, I really like having, trying out different things. Otherwise I kind of get bored. And so I don't really, I'm not really in like scaling my business, but I'm having fun with my business. And so I've come to a point in my business where I'm like, I'd rather have fun. I'm not saying that you can't be like make money and have fun. You can, but maybe I don't grow as fast and I'm okay with that. Um, so that's kind of what I like about digital products too, is that you can create so many different things. And at first I thought it was like, maybe counterproductive to be doing, cause you know how people say, pick a niche, narrow down. Um, I realized that I really don't want to just do one thing for the next five to 10 years. I don't even know if I want to do one thing for the next year. Um, So that's kind of why I like doing digital products so much. Yeah. And in terms of your market, you were focused on photographers initially. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? So I went to a lot of like local meetups to meet other business owners. And um, there's this community called Rising Tide. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. And they have like the Tuesdays together meetups and I was going to them and I kept hearing the same struggles over and over again around like social media, Instagram, blogging, SEO, Pinterest. And I was like, oh, I can help with that. Um, And I figured there were so many photographers there. I'm like, there's like plenty of customers out there if I... Um, do something for photographers, but then I ended up creating a Pinterest course later on, and it was going to be called like Pinterest for photographers, but then a bunch of non-photographers started messaging me and they're like, can I still buy this course if I'm not a photographer? And so that's kind of how I ended up branching out again. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you really have used your feedback from your market over the last few years to determine what your next direction is mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah. really cool I think market driven products is something that we don't always think about often we we kind of box ourselves in 
and we look at our experience and we create something based on our experience for a need out there rather than starting with the need first and then working backwards from there with your skill set. So I think that's that's really cool. Do you see yourself doing digital products for a long time? Because I imagine there's a lot to learn and there's a lot of different areas to it. So you could keep doing this for a while, right? Yeah, um, I feel like I'm also really into personal development and spirituality. And I feel like there's at, at one point or another, I don't know when it's going to happen. I feel this shift happening. Um, but I also really enjoy teaching people how to create digital products and courses because there's so many things that go into it. And the more I talk to people, the more I'm like, well, people, you know, really do need help with a lot of things, which, you know, how you, we always say that's easy for us to do. And we think that everyone else knows what we know how to do. Um, so I do see myself doing it, but I also maybe might go into something else. I don't know. I think that's like, the fun of business for me and maybe for you too is that you get to explore absolutely absolutely or even uh with one product evolving it over time Mm -hmm, because it may grow and then as it grows you have different challenges as well and and you can have the fun of growing the business with a team or something like that so yeah definitely no year is is going to be the same, um, yeah. which I think is really exciting. Yeah. Just as we're talking right now, I'm like, would it be cool if I did a retreat where people came and created their course or something? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And who wouldn't want to go somewhere really cool, like Mexico <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> uh, do a little bit of business and a little bit of pleasure. So on that business and pleasure and the allure of digital products, you've definitely painted a pretty cool picture for us in terms of how you're living your life, traveling and creating these products to give you some income while you travel. And a lot of people think of this as passive income, making money while I sleep. And this would be the solution to all of our product problems because we create something once and then we don't have to worry about it. And the people will come and they'll buy it and end of story. I become a millionaire or I can retire off my digital products. But as we know, that's probably a one in a million scenario where that happens. And whoever that happens for probably has been working away at this product for a long time before they have that sort of success. And I think with your experience and watching your clients create these digital products. I'm interested to know, do they come into it with that dreamy ideal or yeah, how do they, what's the reason, what triggers them to think, I probably could add some digital products. Is it this allure of making money while I sleep or, or what, what else comes to mind? Um, I used to think that I had to sell the allure to get people in like this dream yeah but I've been I've been sold the dream so many times and then I realized wow the dream is a lot of work (laughs) and a lot of stress and maybe that's not true for everyone but I've also been in like I've I've paid a lot to be in like those masterminds and (laughs) I'm gonna I feel like a lot of people were, were really stressed out 
And so I think that I attract a lot of people now who have looked past that, um, the smoke and mirrors that we often get sold online. Um, and that, that people are more willing to, you know, they know that it takes time, it takes work or it takes, or it takes money to grow your business, right? If someone has a lot of money to reinvest in their business, they can probably scale their business pretty quickly. So you either have to give up time or money, um, or like invest time or money. And I think that I attract a lot of people now who, um, want someone to show them like the step-by-step, but it's also, transparent with them about what the journey is really like because you can make money in your sleep but then you have to put in a lot of the upfront work it's not just creating the product but it's also marketing the product so it's like what are your marketing channels is it instagram is it blogging is it podcasting because with instagram i'm sure you know we always have to be on instagram um but if you go to seo route the seo like you can search up seo forever and you just have to work on ranking higher and higher and so I think that regardless of what path you take I've realized that it does take work like I don't believe in hustle culture but I think that it's a disservice if I told people yeah you could have it without doing any work you know so on that in terms of how much work they need to put in but they're looking at this as potentially a way of adding mm-hmm. uh, some revenue to their business at, at yeah. the lower price point. If we're looking at things like templates and um, even eBooks, things like that. And then the higher end is probably digital courses. Mm-hmm. What would be the smartest way for someone to, to think about digital products in terms of everything that they're offering? Because you're probably mostly working with service-based businesses who do a lot of work one-on-one or in a small group setting, and that takes a lot of time for them. So they're probably excited about creating a digital product because they put the time in once and then sure there's the marketing, but the effort is not as much as is that in intense one-on-one so yeah what what do you think is the smartest way for people to think about digital products if they're wanting to bring some into their business yeah I think they need to look at the overall of their business and what their goals are and what they want to be doing with it so if someone you know someone could create a low ticket offer so that they can qualify their leads you know if you create like a template or an ebook or something to help people get started with whatever you're doing. So for example, um, say you're doing like Pinterest marketing and then you create a beginner's guide to Pinterest marketing, but you actually sell one-on-one services and you want to scale your one-on-one services. I think that would be a good idea or um, providing a, like a mini training or a, um, probably not a course because courses are more for people who want to DIY or for example, say there's someone else who, you know, their one-on-one is constantly booked out, but they want to help more people. So then maybe a course would make more sense for them. So for me, I think it really depends on where someone's business is, what they, where do you want their business to go? Like, you know, which direction they want to go, because when it comes to marketing too, you want to think about like how you want to market it. And depending on which path you take, there could be a lot of work that goes into continuous marketing. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm assuming when you teach digital products, do you uh, do you give them that that a bit of an overview around the marketing piece as well as creating it? Yeah, I definitely like covering, you know, how to come up coming up with your idea, how to structure your idea, how to validate your idea to make sure that you're actually making money. So you're not, you know, putting all this time into something that no one wants to buy. And then also how to like market and sell your idea as well. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's that's definitely a way that people can see, okay, is this sustainable for me long term? Mm-hmm. Because they have that that marketing piece of the puzzle in there as well. And like you say, they can test ideas, which is really fun. So if someone is wanting to add these digital products to their business, what stage do you suggest someone add something? Because in my experience, I didn't even add a group component to my coaching work until I had been coaching one-on-one long enough that I was really mm-hmm. clear on a number of things relating to my marketing, messaging, who I was working with, the problem I was solving. Sometimes you don't know that from the first client before you, yeah. you need a bit of experience. But then other people might say, like yourself, might say, no, you can create a digital product from the start. So if someone's providing a one-on-one service at the moment and they mm-hmm. want to, to add the digital product, when would you think would be a best time to add it? Um, I you're going to hate me for this answer, but I also think it depends, right? It depends on someone's um, confidence level if they're if they're going to sell it or not, because I think selling is a big component of it. If someone doesn't feel confident in it, which is like a lot of people that I talk to, um, sometimes, you know, I'm like, you know enough to create a course on this, but they're they're nervous that no one's going to want to buy it. They're nervous that they don't know enough. They're nervous about this or the other thing. Um, I created my first course without really, I've helped a few people one-on-one, but I also did it for myself and I did it for a few other people to where I was like, okay, this, these are the steps of, I don't think that, you know, um, I felt confident enough to know that these were the steps that people should follow. And so I didn't do a lot of one-on-one before selling my courses. And I think for most of my courses for the two, courses that came after I didn't do any one-on-one wait no that's not true the the second one I did but I I think it was just like one month after one-on-ones and then I created the the Instagram course um but yeah so some other people I've talked to them and they've done their thing like they've been doing their services for three five seven years and some of them are like still nervous to call themselves call themselves an educator Um, but when I talk to them I'm like you are more than qualified to create a course on this. So I don't really think there's ever really a right time to do anything. It's just, are you willing to do it? Mm. And depending on how involved you are with that digital course as well, Mm -hmm. if there is a live component to it, you might actually love teaching in a group that might be a lot better than one-on-one, right? So you probably, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you're probably doing yourself a disservice and it's a better use of your energy to go to a digital course, for example, for you long-term. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's different customers too. So we have to think about that. Some people I've asked some people and they're like, I wouldn't work with a one-on-one coach or I wouldn't 
want to do like hire someone else I want to do it myself and so I think it also depends on who you want to serve as well and knowing um, what you want and being confident in that because I feel like something else I see a lot of is that people look and I do this too they'll look around at what everyone else is doing and they think that the grass is greener on the other side but the grass is really greener wherever we water it. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And we can spend all of our time looking at what everyone else is doing. And I know I've had periods in my business where I'm consuming so much of everyone else's content and it makes your message less powerful and Mm -hmm. you focus less on your business because you think you need more information or you think someone else is doing it better than you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I would love to go a little deeper then on some of the basics of selling digital products, because I know the listeners to this podcast are maybe getting excited by what we're talking about. And they've been thinking about doing something like this for a while, but sometimes the logistics, the tech side, all of these things can be enough of an obstacle for us to not get started. So If you're new to this term digital products, if listening to Molly and I is the first time you've ever thought about this as a possibility for your business, or you've heard it for a while and people have talked about courses and uh, live courses, group program, you know, all of these terms that we hear in the digital marketing world, and yet you're still like, oh, what does this even mean? So... (laughs) Let's go right back to basics. What falls under the term digital product? Um, I think for me, it's anything that you sell online, but I like to think of it as two parts. So one, you could sell education that's like trainings, eBooks, um, workshops, etc. And then there's the resource. So that's, you know, templates, swipe copy, those things that you see where you can uh, spreadsheets, things like that. And then there's, you can just bundle both. So those could be like courses where you're teaching something and maybe you're providing a resource that they can use to make it easier for them. So, um, yeah, digital products can be anything again, from like eBooks, templates, toolkits, uh, workshops, and then you can run the workshop live and then you can sell the pre like recorded workshop or, you know, after it's done. And then you can sell like master classes. Some people consider courses, um, digital products. And then I guess group coaching could, I personally don't consider group coaching digital products unless it's with a course. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then I feel like that kind of falls under a separate category for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when you work with your clients, is there particular digital products that you focus on? Um, most of my list. one-on-one, yeah, most of my one-on-one clients want to create a course, but we also create like one or two digital products during that time. So a lot of the times those are like toolkits because those are personally my favorite. I buy a lot of toolkits to use in my business. Um, so I feel like that's always something that people would want and value. Yeah. And As you're talking, I'm thinking about this concept of a value ladder as well. And a lot of people have different opinions on this as well. I've been listening Mm -hmm. recently to someone who has what they call high ticket and they only sell that. Their their cheapest program is like 20,000 US, right? Mm -hmm. For this particular market. But then 
some of us might like to step our clients through different levels of value. So I think something that you mentioned earlier was that if someone's really new to you and your service and they're wanting to gain a little trust with you before they jump in the deep end and go to something like coaching or get some branding done from you, that having something that they can start out with is that's that's low barrier to entry that gives them a win but doesn't require heaps of effort is a great place to start I would love to know whether that's something that you talk through with your clients because maybe they haven't considered those different steps or yet or does that not really matter for you Um, for me, I like to get a sense of what someone wants to do with their business and what their goals are and what kind of lifestyle they want and how they want to run their business and why they started. So I like to hear, um, what they have to say or what they're working towards before, you know, giving my input, because sometimes I think that we think that there's only one way to build a business. And for me personally, I actually don't have a value value ladder. Um, I know what it is and I know like mm. how to build one, but I've real like that realized that that's not really something that I wanted to do because there are certain points in my business where I don't want to be on a lot of calls or, you know, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Or there's like things that I do want to do where maybe I want to create a lot of digital products or I want to be working, but work on my own time. Um, so yeah, I like to kind of get an input of like where someone is and what their goals are and if they want to scale their business and I feel like a valley ladder works really well or you know sometimes some people just want to are like I actually want to transition out of one-on-one and I just want to sell digital products mainly and you know go into that so yeah Mm. and it all depends then also on your pricing of your services too right yeah 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 because if you decide that you're going to have a really expensive service, is it necessary for you to have a product of lesser value or are you happy to stick with that, that more expensive service because that's, you believe that that's the only way. So sometimes it's understanding Mm-hmm. where is my pricing at and if you have lower ticket things that people can dip into also knowing well there's a bit of a numbers game there right yeah. and yeah. we saw you've sold 1500 digital products in the last three years so that just gives people a bit of an idea of if you're going for the lower price things then that might require some volume rather than something that's more expensive. And that seems super obvious, but it takes a bit of a a different mindset than with our sales. Yeah. I'll also say that most of my one-on-one clients, as we're having this conversation, um, I'm realizing that a lot of them have never bought like a low ticket item from me. They've gone straight for the one-on-one. And so I think that if you're selling one-on-one, you may not necessarily need to create a low ticket item. I think in most cases, I would say um, if you want to help more people, if you want to make your, uh, what, how you can help them more accessible, I think that digital products are a way, great way to go. Or if you want more like time in your life back, that's a great way to go. Or, you know, if you want, yeah, 
um, like time freedom or location freedom or just like not being fixed on a certain schedule or structure. Oh, that's they're really, really important considerations. Absolutely. Yeah. So say we're thinking we're going down this route. There's so many places now that we can sell digital products mm-hmm. and, and then market the digital products mm-hmm. as well through social media and using SEO. And even, I guess, if you think of something like Etsy, that's almost, there's a lot of SEO in that, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah so Etsy or Creative Market or any of these different places. Depending on, uh, I guess we've got categories of digital products, but what mm-hmm. are some of the common places where you recommend people start out because either they're really simple or fees are low, things like that. We've got to bring that into the equation yeah. too. Like we sometimes think, oh, selling a digital course <laughs> might be, my mm-hmm. ticket to freedom, but then Kajabi's like a hundred dollars a month or something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so we're suddenly faced with high overheads and a low ticket item. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about where we can house and sell these digital products. Yeah, that's a great question. So I like to think about it is um, if you open the store, right? Do you know how to do your own marketing? So if you think about it, there are marketplaces out there. So Creative Market, Etsy, Udemy, Skillshare, like all of these places have their own customer base. But then you have sites like Kajabi, Kartra, um, Podia, where you kind of bring in your own people, right? So if you don't have an audience yet and you want to get started in digital products, um, then I would suggest trying something out like Etsy, Creative Market, you know, Skillshare, Skillshare, if it makes sense for your business. But then, like you said earlier, we have to be thinking about volume. Um, So you want to be thinking about, okay, how many units do I actually have to sell to make the amount that I want to make? And then with um, sites like Kartra, Kajabi, Podia, then you want to consider like, okay, you know, again, how much, um, do I have to make to offset the cost of what I'm paying, but also to make a profit of like what I actually want to profit. And so what I like to do is um, I like to sell on, um, well, actually I sell on Squarespace, but then I also sell on Kartra because I do, you know, make enough to pay for Kartra where Kartra obviously makes sense for me. And so it, it kind of depends on if someone's just selling digital products or if someone's selling like digital products, um, courses, and then they know they want to start a membership in the future. So when you're picking your platform, you also want to think about, okay, where do I want this to be a year from now, three years from now, do I want to spend all that time migrating to another place? Also do time. And then also, are you going to end up hiring someone to help you migrate? So then you have to think about those future costs or do you just want to set everything up right now, um, you know, on a certain platform? And then there's WordPress where you can set it up on your own site, but then you would probably have to hire like a developer to help you set those things up. Or if you're techie enough, then you can probably figure it, it out. So I think it depends also <laughs> on the industry as well. So if someone's like a designer, then um, they can probably create a lot more things than, you know, say copywriter they can't copywriters don't really create like 
swipe copy to sell on creative market, but they can create swipe copy to sell on Etsy. Um, I think that a lot of people also get stumped over, you know, picking a platform. And I always say that there's no perfect platform out there. I've been on a lot of platforms on the customer side, not necessarily on the creator side, but I don't really think there's a perfect platform out there. And I remember when I first started my podcast, before I started it, I was like trying to pick my podcast host. And the more options that my friends told me about, the more confused I got. And then it got to a point where I was like, okay, Molly, you just have to pick a host because otherwise you're just not going to have a podcast. So I think that's the same with digital products. You just have to start. And, you know, if you decide a month and you're like, wait, actually this thing makes more sense for me, at least, you know, then you can make the switch and you're not like two years in and you have to make the switch. Yeah, that's yeah. that's such a good starting point. Absolutely. And also if you're willing to be in it for a while, sometimes mm-hmm. there's... I know with with um, some of these course creation sites, you can get deals on yeah. annual and things like that. So thinking, okay, am I willing to put in a year's worth of effort to create exactly. this, and and therefore I can, um, you know, get that better deal up front and have a yeah. real red, red hot go at this. And then I have another tip for people too, like if you're planning on creating a course. Um, what I like to do is if I've already created the course, I'll wait until I have most, most of the course done. And then I'll, as I'm selling the course, I'm like putting it up. So you know how most places have those two week trials or a month trial. So during that trial, you're setting everything up so that by the time you're selling it, you're already making that money um, to offset the cost. And then you're turning a profit. That's a really good point. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And so say we, we're clear on what direction we're going to go. We're going to sell some templates on mm-hmm. creative market. We've picked our platform and then we're thinking, okay, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> we come to you and we've got this, yeah, we've got this bit of a plan sorted. What would be the next couple of steps that you would coach someone on? to do after they've decided on the type of product they're going to create and the platform where they're going to host it? How do they explore that idea and make sure that it's going to sell and that it's going to be put together in a way that it's easy for people to use and uh, does the job that you're saying it's going to do? Yeah. So two parts to that answer. The first one is making sure that we're doing our product validation. So like you said, making sure that we're creating something that people want to buy. And if you already have an existing audience, you can do that through like Instagram polls um, by asking maybe if you, so if you've already, already are helping one-on-one clients, then for me, that's kind of like your validation that, Mm -hmm. you know, people are paying you for it. So you're just turning it into a different type of medium. Um, And then if you don't have an audience, like you can look online if other people are already selling something similar. I know that we're always so nervous that someone else is already selling this thing, but I actually feel like it's better because that means that it works. There's a demand out there and then there's other people doing it too. Um, And you just have to figure out how to bring your own, you know, your own expertise or your own experience into what you're creating. And that's how you make yours different. 
And then, so after you do that, then what I like to do is I like to write down a document of everything that is included, right? So what's included in this product that you're creating? Who was it for? Why are they going to buy it? Um, You know, what problems are people struggling with? And what are some of the pain points and what are their desires? And knowing everything about your customer and why this product is going to help them is also going to help you create your um, marketing and sales material later on. Yeah, that's so important, isn't it? Because a lot of the time, especially the creative women I know, usually they've, they know there's a bit of a demand, but mm-hmm. also as a creative, you have so many ideas that you want yeah. to take action on all of them. And you think, <laughs> I've got a great idea. So I'm pretty sure that someone else is, is going to love this and they want to <laughs> yeah. create it without mm-hmm. doing all of that background work. Have you ever done that in the past because you yes. love something so yes. much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk about, you, yeah. talk to me about that. Um, I will say that for the most part, it's worked out because I think that even if I never tells, like, even if I never validate it with someone else, I've seen the problem enough times in the marketplace to know that this is a problem that people are struggling with. And I think that's actually where I come up with most of my my ideas when I see people struggling with the same things. I'm like, oh, you know, um, whenever someone's like, oh, you create these graphics or something and um, I don't know how to create them. I'm like, oh, I know how to create them. I can create them and sell them. So I think that's where um, most of my ideas come from. And I never, I, for a while, I never thought about doing market research until people started talking about it. I was like, wait, wait, do I do market research? (laughs) But yeah. You're probably also someone that just listens to any in any conversation you can be doing market research you don't have to go out there and say Mm -hmm. I'm doing market research right yes yeah Yeah. I think mark doing market research is for sometimes it's to help you validate your your own fears right I think that's really what comes down to it's like making sure you believe in it because if you create a product that you don't believe in you're not going to sell the product and it's not going to do well so it's basically like you're confirming your fears almost. Yeah. But yeah. if you if you're a good listener and mm-hmm. you really listen to what your people are saying, then you'll you'll pick up the same things and you will be doing market research. But it it just takes really listening to people rather yeah. than wanting to always give advice or give information. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a skill, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, ever since starting my membership, it's definitely, definitely learning to listen and, um, asking for like feedback, asking for advice, seeing what people, you know, want, checking up on them and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your membership. What made you decide to start one after being successful with digital products? Yeah, it's funny because I actually wanted to create like a different digital product every other month. And I was like, wait, if I want to create one every month or every other month, why don't I just create a membership where I can create digital products or create new resources for for people and get reoccurring revenue from it. And so that's really where it came about. So it's still tied back to digital products and now it's to help other people create their own digital products and um, online resources. 
Oh, amazing. So basically through the membership, people are able to create their own online uh, digital product, but yeah. you provide all of the tools and maybe even some, some of you can use some of your own templates and things like that to help them along. Yeah. 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 That's cool. <laughs> Great. I love how that, that you've been able to to do that. And it also a membership's great because it means that it, it gives people the opportunity to create something over a period of time. They're not mm-hmm. constrained to a, a four week course or something like yeah. that. You have to get this done in four weeks. Otherwise you lose the opportunity, but over time, how can we build out our ideas and pace ourselves, but also maybe keep creating more and more digital products over a period of time? Yeah, because I found that a lot of my members are people who have full-time jobs or their moms, or they have like other priorities going on in their lives, right? And I feel like sometimes online, we feel like we have to be working all the time, but I don't want people to feel like they have to be working all the time or they're you know, um, they have to get everything done, like you said, in that four week period. And so for people who go through seasons of life, I want them to be like, oh yeah, I uh, worked on this back in June, but it's now October and I'm ready to finish this because now I have more time in my calendar. And also because I help people who also have like busy seasons. So like photographers or hairstylists, they have certain peak seasons and then they have certain like low seasons and so I like a membership because then you can get support year-round yes absolutely something you touched on before was the fact that we can jump on these different marketplaces when we're doing our initial research and we see that someone else has created the exact same thing and I know that as a creative, this whole digital product world is really exciting because you're talking about photographers and hairstylists. They're typically people that have only ever done their work in a one-on-one or in a, in a live setting, if you will, in, in a fixed location. And now there's an opportunity for them to teach other people or work with clients remotely, even maybe that's a possibility. (laughs) I don't know, but, but certainly move into the education space you know, that's definitely Mm -hmm. an area that people can go into. So it's very, very exciting, but I know you're right. We can we can jump on Instagram. We can jump on these marketplaces. We can jump on these course platforms and suddenly see, oh, there's 10 other hairdressers doing tutorial courses on this. Like, why would I even bother? How am I even going to stand out? Because they're, they're already dominating the market. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't tell someone to not do something because of that Mm -hmm. reason yeah yeah so how how would we overcome that feeling of being in a crowded marketplace and then wanting to stand out so it's kind of two parts to that question one is that fear of um, being drowned out and being part of the noise rather than being the Mm -hmm. solution and then how would you say okay you've gotten over that. Let's help you stand out. Yeah. I was actually just talking to someone about this today. And I think that's where personal branding really comes in. And, um, 
for me, I'm attracted to people who share similar values, similar beliefs. You know, they are living the lifestyle that I want to live. Um, and we're not all the same, right? I don't believe in cookie cutter businesses. And so I really believe that we all have our unique set of whatever components make us who we are. And I feel like when we, you know, as everyone says this, but it's really true. Like when you are yourself, you're going to end up attracting the right people. And when I think about, like, even when I think about making friends, there are some people that I'm more attracted to than others. And I think that's the same with online business. There are, maybe you'll put 10 copywriters in front of me and I'll be like, yeah, but I only, I like three, these three um, the most. And then out of these three, like I'll like one of them the most, but then if you put them in front of another person, they might pick completely different people. So I think being confident enough to know that you have something to offer, you know, your own experiences, your own expertise, the way you see things. Like you can talk to two people who are maybe financial advisors and they approach money differently. And you want to work with the one who kind of aligns with you, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the same of if you're creating a course, you know, how can you incorporate what you've done and what you've learned and how you teach people into your course so that it's not like any other course out there. It's not just information that you can like Google, right? So that's why I buy courses or that's why I buy templates because I know that there's something in there that I can't just Google because that came from that person's unique experience. Um, And then I think the, my answer to your second question is just being consistent. Um, I think that sometimes we, we give up too easily or we get discouraged really easily. And that's me also speaking from personal experience. Mm -hmm. There are times when I remember in the beginning of my business, I got discouraged like maybe five times a day. Um, And you just have to keep doing it over and over again because it was easier 10 years ago, but 10 years has already passed. It's not 10 years ago, it's today. So keeping that in mind of like, if you see someone else out there and maybe they started in 2013, you know, it was easier for them to grow their platform and their business back then, but that doesn't mean that we can't do it today. It just means that you just have to, you know, put in more time or put in more effort or do things a little different. Yeah, it's, it's such a, it's such a good place to be being right at the beginning because it's exciting Mm -hmm. and it's fun and you're trying something new, but the, the thing that's really going to move you forward and actually have you create that thing and then start making money off it is going to be getting through that uncomfortable period and realizing hey I'm falling into comparison or Mm -hmm. just simply having that awareness muscle and growing that and then finding tools or finding people that help you move through it and sometimes it's just time as well isn't it Yeah. yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. Do you have any mentors yourself with your work? Have you worked with anyone specifically coaching or is a lot of this work for you being your own experimenting and failing and then getting up again? Both. So I've invested in a lot of different types of things like 
from one-on-one coaching to group coaching to masterminds to buying courses, um, all of those things. And what I've realized, I was actually talking to a friend about this yesterday, and I realized that for me personally, having a business coach doesn't really not that doesn't work for me, but I realized I kind of end up doing what I want to do anyway. Um, and so I like investing in different things now. Like I have t- um, team members who help in my, with me in my business. So that's where most of my business investment goes now. But I also invest in like self-care. So I haven't gone to massage recently, but I used to go to get a lot of massages because I've realized that helps me relax. And then when I'm more relaxed, I can create um, things for my business and I can show up for, you know, the people inside my membership more, my clients more. Um, I also, well, she was my therapist, but now she's my life coach. Um, But so, yeah, I invest in my life in other ways as well, outside of just business. And then also I've like trialed and erred a lot in my business. I've um, pivoted and made shifts in my business uh, a lot. I'm curious to know the last question I'm going to ask you on that. And this is usually probably where we would start, but I want to know what's made you not give up this, this time where you've invested money. It's Mm -hmm. maybe not felt like a worthwhile invest in investment you've put products out there they've they've flown or they've died yeah <laughs> what's made you get through all this and still be really passionate about this work um honestly I think for me this was option a this was option b this was option c I really I really do not want to work for someone else um I don't want to show up at I on it also I just don't want to do the same thing like every day for the rest of my life when I say that like even the thought of saying that I'm like yeah um but I think that every time there were a lot of times in my journey in the beginning I would say in the first two years when I did want to give up and there were even times when I just kind of stopped for three months at a time um but then I thought about okay what's the alternative like you know and I thought about it, I was like, I, I really don't want to do that. So I think for me, building a business, even though it's challenging, even though it's hard, um, I, even though it shows you all the things that you have to work on within yourself because our business grows only as much as we grow, I think it's also fun and exciting at the same time. Um, and I think it's just so worth it. And if you ask any business owner, I think they can all say that's helped them in some way. And I think when I think about that, for me, at this point now in my journey, I'm like, I'm not giving up. Even if it's really hard, I'm just going to keep moving forward because I'm going to learn something. And I think that that's part of the adventure and that's part of the journey. Um, before I think before I was trying to get to a destination, right? Because I think in terms of money, we always think about, okay, we're going to chase like this money goal and that money goal. And then after a while, it's like, wait, the journey is part of the process. It's not, you don't ever get to a destination. And so that's my long-winded answer to your question. I love that. (laughs) Such a a good place for us to end because I think that we'll 
leave people with something really meaningful to think about and brings our conversation full circle in terms of where we started with your career journey and deciding to go down this route and where it's led you, which is living by the beach in Mexico, which I'm sure not a lot of people would complain about right now. So (laughs) thank you so much, Molly, for your time today. Where can we hang out with you if we want to learn more about what you do? And when is your membership launching? I think it's on a wait list at the moment. Is that right? You're, you're opening it up again soon. Um, yeah, people can find me online at Molly Hill Studio. Um, if you just type that into Google, if I've done my job correctly, you'll find all the links. Um, as for my membership, I've actually decided to do something. I don't know if it's like the smartest business move, but I felt like it was the most aligned business move for me. It's actually open um, all year round so people can join whenever they want. Because what I found is that whenever I had a open closed cart, People would join only because they knew the cart was closing, but I also noticed that they were the ones who didn't really show up to the calls and the people who said, oh yeah, I joined at the right time that it was right for me are the ones who actually, um, who are actually like using the information. So I decided to take an approach where I'm going to trust the customer to know themselves enough to join when they feel like it's right for them. So if anyone listening to this is interested in joining, they can send me a DM on on Instagram. Great. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, one last thing. Also, Molly has a podcast as well. Keep getting better. So you can dip into her work in that way. You can hang out with her on Instagram or if you're feeling really excited to dive into this world of digital products then her membership is an option for you as well so thank you so much for your time today molly it's been a wonderful conversation and lots and lots of great insights and hearing about your personal story and and how you got to be in mexico it's pretty cool thank you so much for having me on your podcast ruby i had a lot of fun today